Have you ever wondered why some sports teams dominate their leagues for years at a time while others lose routinely year after year after year after year? Why do some businesses make it while others don't? Why do some bosses seem to have that magical formula to get things done while others always seem to be battling external factors that just seem to hold them back? There is no magic pill, I'll tell you that. There are hundreds of factors, but if you research the top performing teams, you'll find that one important characteristic they have in common that unsuccessful teams do not is that they have an ability to attract and keep talented people. The best of the best performers, and it seems everyone wants to be on that team. That's because we all want to win. It's human nature. People identify with winning organizations and tend to avoid those who are not. Like it or not, a winning culture is a marketing brand and everyone loves a winner. Today, we will be discussing how to recruit, train, and retain top talent, and this episode is called The Right Stuff. This is the American Dream Podcast, and I'm your host, Tom Harold, and this is where we empower entrepreneurs to live out their dreams, doing exactly what they want to do. We are crazy passionate about small business and entrepreneurship, and all about helping these leaders and innovators with strategies to improve their sales, their profits, and their performance. We believe entrepreneurs should make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. We believe in the American dream. Welcome to another episode of the American Dream Small Business Podcast. If you're new with us, we drop a brand new episode on the second Thursday of every month. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen, and we'd really like to encourage you to send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Today, we're talking about hiring top talent for your team. Every championship team needs to attract, recruit, train, and retain top talent. This episode, we titled it The Right Stuff, and we're going to discuss how to build processes that attract top talent and a culture of champions. We're going to discuss who to hire, how to hire, and how to retain top talent. People are your most valuable asset. According to Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, After researching the top 100 of the Fortune 500 companies, he learned that these best of the best companies all knew how to get the right people on the bus, and they knew how to get these right people in the right seats on the bus. Today, we're going to be focused all about getting the right people on the bus, those champions with what we call the right stuff. So what is the right stuff? Who do you really want on the team? Everyone wants top talent. Every sports team wants that first-round draft pick. But I'd rather find the Tom Brady, that rare find, the 199th draft pick that they now call the GOAT. You may not need the greatest of all time, but you definitely need someone with that that loyal champion type with the heart of a gladiator who'd charge the gates of hell with a water pistol. What you're looking for in potential team members, you're looking for a champion. You're looking at potential all-stars who are really tall enough to ride the ride. You're looking for people with aptitude, drive, and character. I'm going to say that one more time. People with aptitude, drive, and character. So what is aptitude? I don't want to confuse that with ability because it's not. Aptitude is those innate abilities that God gave the person. What you're looking for is their ability to do things absent your training on processes and procedure. And I'll tell you from a lot of experience, if if God did not give them aptitude, you're surely not going to. Not at day one and not at day 101. You want to screen for that early on in the process of recruiting. People without aptitude are not trainable. You will spend a lot of time, effort, and a lot of worry over just trying to get these people up to speed to be able to do you the job that you want them to do. Drive. Ask yourself, does this candidate have drive? Do they get up in the morning and they think that they're going to win? 
really screen for this early on in the process because, again, if they don't have drive, if God didn't give it to them, you're never going to give it to them. You can look in their history and you want to prove to yourself if they do have drive, what are the examples of it in their past? You'll see a pattern. You're looking for that pattern. And let me tell you, if you have somebody who has aptitude but no drive, you've got a bunch of lazy people working, collecting a paycheck for you. If you have somebody who has no aptitude but a lot of drive, well, that's just an excited idiot. You don't want them working for you either. The third element is character. Character, of course, now you're going to be looking for, do they lie, cheat, or steal? You don't want anybody that lies, cheats, or steals on your team. But there's another element of character that you really want to take a good close look at. How well does that person perform under pressure? When the chips are down, can you count on them? And a good question to ask somebody during an interview to really try to pull that out of them, you'll know exactly what kind of character they have. But you got to have a poker face to do it. Just look at them. Give them your best poker face, blank stare, and ask them, how do you think this interview is going? And then pause, 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 and watch how they react to you. You'll see what kind of character they have. I want to strongly recommend to you to take a time, just take a time out while you're recruiting people and really closely look for aptitude, drive, and character with every candidate that you uh, consider for employment. One thing that I like to do is in each one of these three categories, I like to score them with one being low, 10 being high. Each area, look at it, score them. If you're going to have multiple managers looking at the the interview process, have them score as well. Take a a cumulative total of all the points, average it out, and I like to look at uh, a total of the three areas and, and break it down and really find that 25 points is a good cutoff. If you're going to be looking for the uh, the rock stars, 25 points and above, you're going to you have a very good candidate. Most of the people you're going to be looking to hire are in this range of 18 to 24 points. But I'll tell you that below 18 points, your best bet is to cut bait and run, especially when the unemployment's as low as it is. The unemployment rates as low as it is today. It's time to play business trivia. Did you know the oldest millennials are 40 years old this year? Yep, that's right. The oldest millennials were born in 1980. Makes them 40 years old this year. Baby boomers, the oldest baby boomers are 80 this year. Baby boomers are that generation from 1940 to 1959. Generation X, my generation, 1960 to 1979. They're in their 50s. Generation Y is otherwise known as Millennials, born in 1980, go all the way up to 1994. Millennials are pretty easy to figure out. They either suck or they're really awesome. Either way, you're going to find out quickly. If they still live at home with their parents, you might want to steer clear of them because they're probably going to suck. But you might find that type that uh, still has the dreams of Mark Zuckerberg and want to start the next Facebook. It's Generation Z that I want to take a moment and highlight. Generation Z, don't confuse them with millennials because they're completely different. This is a group that was born between 1995 and 2010. They grew up during what we call the Great Recession. Many of them saw their parents have their cars repossessed or a home repossessed or foreclosed on. Um, They've grown up, they've known technology their whole life. They're what what we call digital natives, multitaskers, very independent thinking. And if you watch how they operate, particularly when it gets around technology, it's second nature to them. But one of the aspects of dealing with them that I think is much different than most millennials is they're very competitive. They're competitive especially with millennials, and they want to separate themselves from it. But they're also entrepreneurially minded. 
And if you if you look at the YouTube and you take a, an example of, of who are the high high dollar earners for 2019, on you'll be surprised that some of the kids that you see on there, 14, 15 years old, and the amount of money that they're making, 10, 15 thousand dollars a month playing video games or trying out toys. They've learned how to use technology to their advantage, and it's just amazing at the, the amount of money that they earn from it. One thing, though, that with all this uh, technology that I found with uh, Generation Z is they like to communicate face-to-face and have high expectations. When you, go, when you take them out to a restaurant or whatnot, they want to make sure that that service meets their expectations. Well, it just seems wrong if we have a a podcast named The American Dream and we didn't take just a moment each month to feature someone who's actually living the dream. We're going to do that this month, starting this month, and uh, we're going to start off with uh, a local guy. He's got uh, he's a physical therapist and he's got uh, multiple shops. And in that um, name of his company is All Access Physical Therapy. His name is Steve Massinio. He's a serial entrepreneur, started several businesses, but this is the one that we're going to uh, feature this month. I'm, I'm with Steve Massinio from All Access Physical Therapy. Steve, thanks for taking the time to uh, join us today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Tom. Appreciate it as well. Uh, just uh, as an entrepreneur, a couple quick questions I wanted to ask you. And the first is the American dream. What does the American dream mean to you? ability to uh, you know, control my own destiny and do, do it in a way that allows me to uh, determine who I work for, me, and how I work, when I work, but also be able to uh, do things uh, that I want to do in life, fun things, like support my family, uh, uh, be able to uh, give them a good home, uh, get them, get, put my kids through college, take my family on vacations throughout the year to different places, whether it's in the Caribbean or across the country or whatever, uh, be able to... Uh, positively build my business in a way that develops positive relationships with my customers and allows me to expand successfully and, and uh, you know, enjoy the, the, the fruits of all that labor. And that's what the American dream is, is to me, personally. Work hard and have uh, your income be directly proportional to the amount of effort that you give, huh? Yeah, pretty much, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And the proportion, you know, the fun I have proportionate to the amount of work I put in as well. I mean, I think that, that's a big piece. I mean, you can do whatever you want to do in life as long as you understand that there's a bit, uh, a bit of uh, effort that needs to go into it to, to have the, the success and the life that you desire. Wonderful. Well, tell me, in, in all your years in business, what's been the biggest lesson that you've learned as a business owner? I'd say the biggest lesson is to be open to people's assistance and uh, being open to getting outside help to uh, build your business, because when you do that, uh, you're getting more successful and kind of figure it out on your own. Now, there are a lot of people that are, are, are better than me and do you know, certain aspects of business, and if I hadn't taken them up on, uh, on their knowledge, I probably wouldn't be where I am uh, today. So uh, you know, you, getting other people's knowledge and guidance is very important. You realize you don't have to have all the answers, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Well, if you were to talk to a um, an aspiring business owner today, you know somebody that's looking to start a new business, what would you say would be the uh, most valuable piece of advice that you'd want to give them? Something that uh, you know now that you wish you would have known then when you started your business. Sure, I think um, 
you know, certainly, like I said, you know, working with a mentor coach is super important, especially for young business owners. But the one thing I would say that uh, that I, if I could do it now, you know, you know, if I knew then what I do now would be track everything and, you know, be a stickler for tracking everything and understanding the numbers and metrics of your business, uh, especially around accounting. Uh, you know, when you're not paying attention, uh, bad things can happen. And, and unfortunately, I went through that process uh, years ago where I had an employee who uh, I put my trust into. Uh, we had a wonderful relationship, and it turns out she uh, ended up stealing from me. So, you know, you have to... Um, you know, understand that people are people. Uh, sometimes they make mistakes uh, that uh, you, you aren't expecting. So, in order to you know mitigate those you know those errors and prevent them from really impacting you, you have to pay attention to everything that's done, uh, at least at some level uh, within your business. Basically, inspect what you expect, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's good advice for anybody that's in business. Is uh, it's uh, important to, like you said, track the metrics. We call this segment uh, the elevator pitch. It's a uh, part of our American Dream podcast. It's a, it's a chance, really, for you to uh, showcase your business. So, if you don't mind, let's hear your elevator pitch. Let's hear you uh, give us a promo on what All Access Physical Therapy is about. Well, I mean, our, our uh, at All Access Physical Therapy, by the way, we're, we have three locations in Central Massachusetts, uh, Sterling, Shrewsbury, and Marlboro. And at each of our locations, our slogan is, hey, a, a better you is what we do. And what we mean by that is you know, we take the time to really understand our patients, not only from a standing standpoint of what their injury is, you know, how they, their injury is affecting them, but on a deeper level, how is it not only affecting them physically, but how is it affecting them mentally? How is it affecting them in their personal life? How is it impacting their ability to do their job, you know, work, play with their kids, you know, all the things that are important to the individual? But we have a good idea. If we understand how that, uh, the injury is impacting the individual on a, not only on a physical level, but a kind of a social and, and, and mental level, then we could be more effective in, in providing care that is going to match what the client is looking for and get them back to doing those activities that they want to do on a regular basis much, much faster. And, of course, it gives them a greater satisfaction going through the physical therapy process if they see that we're in tune with their goals and understanding how they want to be treated. And I think that we do that uh, extremely well in, in all three of our clinics, and I think that's really what's gotten us to where we're at in terms of the success we've had in the practices. What separates you from the competitors? I think the, uh, you know, besides what I just mentioned, I think the other thing that we do very well, uh, probably better than a lot of our competitors, is, is, is uh, doing manual therapy and putting our hands on people and really utilizing our skill sets from a, a manual therapy standpoint to affect positive change for the, the patients that we're working on. And we, we hear a lot from other from patients and, and people in the community that there are therapists out there that unfortunately all they make their patients do is a bunch of exercises and, and, and tell them to go home. And, and we're not about that. We, we feel that if we uh, are not you know, providing manual care at some level uh, during the course of treatment that uh, people aren't going to get better. And frankly, uh, people are going to get frustrated with our service. So we don't, we make sure that with every patient that comes in the door, we're deep delivering at least 20 to 30 minutes of hands-on, one-on-one care, and then providing them with uh, an exercise progression to help them overcome their injury that matches what we're doing from a manual side of things. So uh, they're all seamless together, and then they can, the patient can be more successful with their home exercise uh, program at home as a result of the combination of things we do in our clinic. 
Well, I think many of us, many of us that aren't really familiar with the industry, they'll look at it and they'll say that, um, or they'll think a lot along the lines of uh, physical therapy is for uh, repairing an injury or, or trying to help somebody heal after an injury. There's a lot of preventative maintenance, so to speak, that goes into uh, your job too, isn't there? Absolutely. In fact, uh, part of our process and when we work with our clients is we, we let them know that we can be available more than, for more than just uh, you know, treatment of an injury. If, if they want to uh, uh, come in and receive manual therapy treatments for uh, maintenance purposes, in other words, to keep them more flexible, to keep the joints moving the right way, to uh, keep them functioning uh, for whatever they do, well, we can certainly do that. And uh, so it is definitely, uh, there is a definitely a, a preventative care process that we uh, utilize here at our clinics, and I think uh, patients really appreciate having that option, and and, well, and knowing that we're more than yeah. just a um, injury uh, management facility. Well, Steve, I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Well, if they want to, excuse me, um, reach us. It's our best number to call is 508-845-3500. That is our Shrewsbury office, and uh, um, usually that's where my main office is. If they want to touch base with me, you can get me there. Additionally, if they want to schedule an appointment, they can call that number as well for for any of the clinical, excuse me, for any of the clinic locations they want to go to. So if they are a patient that's in near a Sterling location, but they want to call 508-845-3500, they can do so and still get scheduled at the Sterling location. So, uh, and we're certainly look forward to uh, working with anybody who wants to uh, take advantage of our services. And you have a website too, don't you? Yes, we do. That's right. Thank you. www.allaccess T is in Paul, T is in Tom dot com. Well, again, thank you very much, Steve. Steve Massinio, All Access Physical Therapy. Okay, great. Well, let's get back to talking about people. Getting what we call this episode of being the right stuff, who to hire, how to hire, and then how to retain the top talent. Now, we talked about earlier aptitude, drive, and character being those traits that you want in anybody that you're considering to join your team, but how do you actually go about hiring them? Well, this little segment, what I want to do is just take a moment and talk about the hiring process. And if there's one thing I want you to take away from this podcast, it is going to be this. For anybody that you're considering bringing on your team, you should be very slow to hire and quick to fire. I'm going to say that again. Slow to hire, quick to fire. That means your hiring process needs to be very thorough. You want to vet these people inside and out. You want to make sure they are tall enough to ride the ride to be on your team. And if you've got somebody that slipped through the cracks, they made it on the team, they're just not really uh, doing their end of the bargain, or maybe they're draining, dragging the whole team down, you want to be very quick to fire them, replace them. Get people on your team that's a direct reflection of you. And here's always a good litmus test. When you're looking at your team and their performance, how well they're doing it, you look at the culture, know this, that no matter how good or bad that they might be, they are a direct reflection of you. They are a reflection of what you are willing to accept and tolerate in your company. So hiring process. I want to talk about uh, just just some key things that I think are uh, important elements for hiring anybody. And the first is having a very, very thorough job description. Take your time before you even consider a person because you don't want that the personalities and 
and the different stereotypes of people getting in, in the way of hiring somebody. You want to know exactly what you need on the team. So describe that position to yourself. Write it out in a very thorough job description. Take that job description, review it as a team, look at it and see if it's something that you think that you actually need to have that position on the team. Once you guys decide that it is something that's going to be a viable, important position, then when you're screening for uh, candidates to fill the position, review it with them. Have them get buy-in. You want their buy-in to understanding what is going to be uh, the team's expectation for their performance. And you want to see and read you know, whether or not they think they can do that job. Then right along with having a, uh, a thorough job description, you want to have a compensation plan. Can you afford this person? If you can, what's going to be the, uh, the market cost, is what I like to say, is for, for somebody qualified to have the, the, uh, the experiences and the talent that's necessary to fill that job description that you wrote out, you want to be able to figure out what the market value is for somebody that could fill that position. Then you put together a, a viable compensation plan. It's awfully hard when you uh, go through an interviewing process because you, you end up looking at the personality traits and you really like this person or you don't like this person. You like these things, oh, I really got to have this person on the team. Well, the reality of it is is you want to look at that. They're there to do a job. What is that job? A, B, C, and D. Well, that person that can do A, B, C, and D, they cost this. This is what we can afford uh, to pay. So you write those guidelines in the job description and the compensation plan and don't deviate from it. Review it as a team and then go from there. Once you add all those together, then you have your performance standards. And along those performance standards, and something that I think evades a lot of a lot of business owners and a lot of managers even, is performance expectations. Minimum standards, being able to go over those minimum performance standards with that prospective client or prospective uh, employee is something that will set the tone for their entire time working with you. Then once you've got all these things laid out in place, you want to set up the interview process. And you want to have it be an objective process where you're actually evaluating people. And you want to let them know what they can expect in, in the, their interview process. As that process, as you're working through that process, I strongly recommend that you have at least three interviews. That's right, three interviews for every candidate, and don't deviate from it. Involve your team. Have multiple managers sit in on the interviews with you. And what you want to do is not necessarily hiring by committee, but you want to get two or three different viewpoints on whether or not this person has got what it takes to be on your team. You want team buy-in, and you want that person that you're considering to be a candidate you want them to know that not everybody is just going to be able to make make it on your team. So it actually puts val validity, uh, it validates the whole, whole entire process for what you're working for. And you're going to find that you're going to have people that once they make make it through that, that process, that they feel like they're going to be joining something that's actually a team. The military and most uh, professional organizations, when they're looking to uh, add somebody to a to part of the team, they have a very thorough vetting process. And what it does, is it's not just where you're trying to find chinks in the armor in the candidate. You're actually adding val validity to the entire hiring process. And somebody that actually makes it through the process or runs through the gauntlet and survives it, it makes them realize that they've earned it. And they'll appreciate having the job a whole lot more. Every month, we like to feature one of our top books on business or leadership as part of our monthly book club. Last month, it was a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. 
This month, our selection is a real life changer by Dave Ramsey entitled Entree Leadership. I call it a life changer because it's written uh, to the soul of an entrepreneur from the heart of another entrepreneur who lives it and breathes it every day. Dave Ramsey won big, lost big, and gained some wisdom along the way. Then he won big again. This book summarizes all of his lessons learned from the most expensive school, what I call the school of hard knocks. I give the book five stars. It's a must read for anyone thinking about starting and, starting and running their own business. Dave's excellent at hammering home the basic ideas you'll need on a topic and pairing it with enough motivation to make you think you can and make you want to get out there and do it and try it all yourself. Dave and his team titled the book Entree Leadership after the, the phrase that they actually coined. And I like it because I think it really encompasses everything that it takes to be a business owner. Entree leadership defined as an entrepreneur has to be a leader. Merge the two terms, entree leadership. Even at the very start of a business, uh, when it's nothing more than just a side gig or an idea or the germ of an idea even, it will never get started if you don't step up to the plate and say the things that need to happen. Nothing changes unless you're willing to confront it and like Nike says, just do it. Even then, you'll have to communicate with people and, and more than likely delegate some of the tasks that have to get done. Without some leadership skills, this will never happen. Entrepreneurship and leadership are intrinsically connected, and the principles of leadership help even the smallest of a business owner. Start with a dream, end with a goal. A lot of us have dreams of what we'd like to do with our lives. The difference between a dreamer and an entrepreneur is whether or not they can convert those dreams into a goal, particularly a goal with a plan on how to get there. A dream is a fun indulgence, but, but it doesn't come true if you don't set it up as your destination and focus on how exactly I'm going to achieve it. Dream big, but have a plan. Anything less is just a wish. Last month, we discussed the importance of vision statements and how Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech is a great example of one. Well, your business plan is exactly that. It's that vision statement coming to life, becoming reality. Dave Ramsey is a doer, and he doesn't just sit still. And you can really get the sense of that when you read this book. He takes things and he makes them happen by taking charge hard from the front and leading, leading the pack. His company, Ramsey Solutions, is one of the, uh, was voted one of the best places to work in the country. They are experts at attracting and keep, keeping people with talent, which leads me to our next point, retaining top talent. Now that you've attracted and recruited top talent on your team with aptitude, drive, and character, how do you keep them? Have you ever wondered why championship sporting teams get on a roll that lasts for years? Think about teams like the New England Patriots, Kentucky Wildcats basketball, LSU or Alabama football, the Los Angeles Lakers, or how about those less fortunate losers? Those trends last too. Teams like the Cleveland Browns, Miami Dolphins, Chicago White Sox, or Philadelphia 76ers. Same thing holds true for business. Winners like Google, Apple, Fortune 500 companies, Chick-fil-A. But then you have the loser companies too that's gone. Brands that were good once upon a time, but companies like Sears, Circuit City, Kodak, Borders Bookstore, Blockbuster Video, Compact Computers, they're gone today. These were all dominant and well-known brands once upon a time. I'm sure they had the right people on the bus, people with aptitude, drive, and character. And I'm sure that they had a very thorough vetting and hiring process as well for these people. But something went wrong. You know, lots of reasons that it could have been, but I'm sure that among these reasons, they had a change in their culture, a lack of focus, and they lost their synergy. 
recent Wall Street Journal blog, and they were analyzing data from CareerBuilder, where they had over 7,000 respondents of people that were changing jobs and careers, and they asked them why. And among the list, uh, number one on the list was the company had a poor culture, just a poor work, working culture and environment. But number two on the list was no recognition. 82% of the respondents that have left companies recently said that they left because they weren't being recognized. They weren't valued, they weren't empowered, and they weren't trusted to do their job. The third reason, more than half the respondents said, was that the company lacked vision. It lacked a clear direction of where it was going to be headed in the future. Now, I believe all three of these go hand in hand. If you have no recognition and a lack of focus, that's a lack of leadership. A lack of leadership leads to a poor culture. Effective managers take time to build genuine relationships with their people. They're concerned with how they feel. They take time to actually listen to them. They communicate a clear direction, and they care. Now, I'm not going to profess to be some Dr. Phil or get into all that that touchy feel-good stuff, but I would like to tell you to follow some of the uh, the examples of the military where they have they really get to know the troops. It's amazing what uh, some of the flag officers, general officers and senior colonels and so forth, they get down and they actually talk to the troops on the ground who are actually doing the mission and getting to know what they think, what they feel. People remember how you make them feel much more than what you say or do. Except one's first day of work, that onboarding process that you have for your company sets the tone. It sets the tone for their entire time of employment. You want it to be welcoming, but at the same time, you want it to appear competent and establish that professional relationship between the company and the employee. Once they're on board, you also want to be able to give them a, bo- uh, give them a voice. Uh, the military uses this too. It's called a 360-degree feedback where you actually take information in a formal, anonymous way to have them give you feedback or at least a voice for their feedback on how the company's doing. In addition to that, you need to have monthly one-on-one performance reviews. These are confidential reviews between the boss and the employee where you sit down and you review their performance and what you, may, what you expect their performance to be. It's managing those expectations both from your perspective as a leader but also from their perspective as a follower or an employee. No matter what, you listen. Communication, that's the number one skill of a leader. Clearly defined expectations is important as well. It's To be unclear is to be unkind is a phrase I've heard, for, heard years ago, and I believe it so strongly. Uh, when you're leading somebody, you need to be able to clearly lay out what you expect for them and what you expect as a team. I heard a phrase a long time ago um, when I was a young lieutenant. I had a lieutenant colonel told me, he said, uh, you can't lead who you don't love. I thought that was a little touchy-feely, didn't make a lot of sense to me. But it's so true, if you think about that with your children, you can't lead who you don't love. And the reason is, is because people are people. They have feelings. And one thing that we have as human beings is, is this thing called emotional intelligence. We know when people are, are not being genuine. You can't fake sincerity. All right, let's take a moment and review. Today we discussed how to recruit, train, and retain top talent. Looking for characteristics like aptitude, drive, and character getting the right people on the bus, and then getting them in the right seat on the bus, having at least three interviews with multiple managers, and developing a championship culture. Does your team tolerate mediocrity, or does it have a Bill Belichick expectation of the do-your-job mindset? Your team and the culture of your company are a direct reflection of you, 
your leadership, your team's leadership, your value, and your expectations. I want to give a big shout out to Steve Messinio and his team at All Access Physical Therapy being our first, our guinea pig for uh, the elevator pitch. I appreciate you taking time to uh, share your uh, experiences in business, Steve. And I want to thank you for just taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed our talk about hiring people with the right stuff. Uh, Tune into our next episode where we discuss the five key steps for building killer marketing campaign. In this episode, we'll uncover the most important secret element that all effective advertising campaigns have in common. You don't want to miss it. I promise some of the key takeaways that uh, you'll be able to uh, boost your profits regardless of your advertising budget, even if you spend nothing for ads. I mean that. It's taking uh, social marketing today uh, and what it can do for your business is just incredible. We'll talk about social media marketing. Some of you may have questions or comments about today's show. If you'd just like to, to uh, learn a little bit more information about it, you can visit us online at herald.associates forward slash American Dream Podcast, where you can also sign up for our business leader's guide, the Herald Business Journal, join discussions in our forum, and you get access to a ton of material that helps you improve your sales, your profits, and your performance. I'd like to take a moment and ask you for a favor. I'd really appreciate it if you'd take a moment and subscribe to The American Dream. And leaving us a review would be even better. If you have questions or a topic you'd like to share in the future, you can visit us on Facebook at The American Dream or on Twitter at Tom Harold, T-O-M-H-E-R-A-L-D. I really